So, um, so this season we've been doing this series called In Search of the Beloved, and we've been allowing uh, John's gospel to guide us through the story of Jesus uh, to really recenter our community on who is, who is Jesus, who was he then, and who is he for us today. Uh, and so today, I'm really honored and excited to introduce my, one of my best friends in the world, Chris Mormon. Give him a round of applause. Um, Chris is a pastor at The Rock Church in Daytona, Florida. Uh, we've known each other for well over a decade, and he's been uh, such a blessing to me in that time. Uh, he's been there for me in my highest points and my lowest. And, you know, when we were um, putting together this series, I just knew I wanted Chris to come and to share because there's been so much that I've learned about belovedness. Uh, from him. And so he's going to be speaking today out of John chapter 10. So if you guys want to just uh, close your eyes and just extend a hand, and we're going we're gonna to bless and anoint Chris as he brings the word for us today. Um, so Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much uh, for the opportunity that we have, the honor we have every single Sunday to come together here, um, to, to pause in all of our busy schedules and all of the things that are going on um, in, the, in this past week and all of the anticipations we have of the future and just to really come here and to still ourselves before you and before one another. What a blessing that is, Lord. Father, we thank you that, you know, even within our community, in City Beautiful Church, we're not alone, but we're part of a far larger family, that we have brothers and sisters in the city of Orlando, in the state of Florida, in the United States, and around the world that today are doing just what we're doing, and worshiping you, and praising your holy name, um, and opening up your word, uh, to seek an encounter with you that leads us to transformation. And so, Father, today we welcome with open arms our brother Chris, um, that you would bless him, Lord, that every thought he has is a thought from you, that every word he speaks um, is a word that you have for us, um, that, Lord, through whatever it is that you've given him to speak to us this morning, it would transform us as a community. It would bless us. It would change us. Um, so, yeah, Father, we just thank you again for his presence in our lives. We pray this in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Ryan. I am excited to speak with you today. Ryan is someone that I have decided to call. We have beloved, and then he's like a bestie beloved, so we're going to use that. But it is an honor to speak to you today, City Beautiful. I am thankful to be with you today. I bring greetings from my wife, Carrie, and my daughter, Elizabeth Renee. They are in Daytona Beach, worshiping currently right now. Uh, this morning as I was getting ready and getting dressed, my daughter, you know, I was already dressed and um, getting ready to leave, and my daughter was still in bed, and she was like, Daddy, will you come and snuggle with me? So part of being beloved means you always snuggle, even if you're dressed, okay? That's like a little pro tip, um, parenting. <laughs> heart of the Father, but they both send their love, and the church in Daytona Beach, Rock Church, sends their love as well. We are praying for you constantly, fervently. We love the state of Florida. We love what God is doing here in our community. We know we have, you know, crazy, um, crazy guy of Florida, crazy women of Florida. We are in the news all the time, and we get that, so thank you for being in the state of Florida and believing for good things, and, uh, I, you know, this morning I was walking by the lake right over here, and that, um, just that hashtag, Orlando doesn't suck, and I'm thankful for that, and um, we say something in our community called, we love our city, and I know that you embody that as well. I know you 
have an incredible heart for the community that you are a part of. So I want to encourage you, continue to do that. Continue to champion God's heart in this place because God has designed and equipped you to be amazing people right here in Orlando, and I love that. I am so thankful for my friendship with Ryan. As he said, uh, you know, we've known each other a little bit over a decade. Uh, part of our getting to know each other was right down the street at this little festival you might have heard of, Cornerstone, Florida. Once upon a time when Emo, uh, you know, walked bold and proud in the United States, um, he was in this little band called Bernard. You can look that up and listen to that later. It's beautiful music. And um, we met and... Uh, we, you know, listened to music together, shared thoughts, and just our, uh, you know, friendship from the Lord grew from that place. So when Ryan uh, spoke to me and said, I want to invite you to, to uh, be a part of this series in search of the beloved, God's pursuit of us and our pursuit of him, I was so thankful. Belovedness is something that is near and dear to my heart uh, in many personal ways, and it's something that I'm continuing to share with my community. I love that word, and we're going to continue to explore that together. But one of the things that, um, you know, that phrase, in search of the beloved, God's pursuit of us, our pursuit of him, it reminded me of this powerful paradox that's often repeated in scripture. And we love paradox because paradox invites us to live in this place of tension between something we may know and something we don't know. And in that tension, there's room for creativity, there's room for God to develop things that uh, demonstrate who he is. God is full of paradox. And so this phrase reminded me of a paradox that's near to my heart, uh, planted pursuit. And this speaks of something that is both planted and that remains, and also something that's being developed. There's pursuit. And we could think of a tree this morning. That tree has been planted. There's an acorn that's placed into the ground. And then there's also the pursuit. There's also the growth that comes up out of that. And there's you know, these beautiful oak trees that in the neighborhood that I live in, in Port Orange. And I want to say a huge thank you as well this morning to City Beautiful, because when we experienced hurricanes, uh, my whole neighborhood, we had ma these massive trees that fell down, and a lot of you came out to my neighborhood and helped me clean um, these trees, not just from my yard, but from uh, neighbors' yards. There was an old woman in her 80s in an electric chair. She couldn't move, and you came out, and you helped to care for her. So thank you, City Beautiful, so much for your love um, and your demonstration of that, that neighborhood, um, that care of the neighbor. So I have these oak trees, and every time I see them, I think about planted pursuit. There's this plantedness, there's this sense of, uh, you know, security and, and stable and remaining and settled and permanent, and then there's also this pursuit. There's this ongoing growth, there's ongoing development, there's seasons that interact, there's seasons that are changing these things about these trees, and so there's that beautiful paradox uh, that reminds us that we are called to be both planted and pursuing. That's essential to our lives. And so God's pursuit and our pursuit is this attitude that we have that's accompanied by an activity. That pursuit speaks of a desire and this requisite effort needed in order to secure what he has spoken to us. So I want to invite you into that place that as we speak about John 10, that God is calling you to be both planted and pursuing. That God is 
planted things in your heart, and he is also pursuing your heart this morning. And those two words, in search and pursuit, those are words that speak to me in, in regards to discovery. So desire leads us to discovery. We, we have this desire to know more. And I love the word discovery because it speaks to me about something that's already there. It's not creation, it's not doing something new. It's saying, wow, God, you've already established this, and you've called me to discover what it is that you have said. It's there. I just didn't recognize it. I didn't see it up until this point, but discovery allows me to see this thing that God has already spoken into existence. So today, we are going to continue our search. We're going to continue our search of the beloved from John 10. And as we search, as we look, as we pursue, as we discover, we are going to recognize Jesus speaking this thing to us. The ongoing discovery of our identity and purpose is determined by the voice we are willing to hear. And I want you today, hear his voice manifest the abundance of his heart to you. Now, in discussion with Ryan, as we were talking about the voice, voice, the voice of God that seems so ominous or, uh, you know, mysterious, and um, we talked about four ways that God's voice is manifest to us. The first of those is through direct revelation, God speaking by his spirit to us, and some of us have experienced that before, and it's beautiful, it's powerful, it's wonderful. Another way that God's voice is manifest to us is through this communal revelation, what we're doing right now. We are gathering together, and we are listening. We're listening to each other. We're listening to songs, confessions. We are hearing God speaking to us through community, and that's powerful. Not just present community, not just the universal church, active, alive, moving right now, but also the historic church. This sense of the great cloud of witness that's gone before us from times of old, and we love that. We lean into the past and we say, God, what are you speaking to us from the people that have heard from you prior? So we have that direct revelation. We have that communal revelation. We also have scriptural revelation. We're going to open up John 10. We're going to invite God to speak to us. Are we willing to hear him speak to us today from his scripture? And then finally, there's also one of my favorite ways that God speaks, which is why I was walking by your beautiful lake this morning through nature, that nature speaks to us concerning the voice of God. We don't worship nature, but we allow nature to speak to us concerning the one who created nature. All of these are voices speaking to us concerning the heart of God. And I wanted to share a little bit this morning, uh, before I jump into John 10, concerning God's voice in my story, because all four of those things are powerful, and the beautiful thing is God kind of moves in all of them simultaneously. God is never, you know, this, it's like one or the other or the other. Usually it's a blended voice. Usually it's all of these voices in harmony speaking together, just like today. We're going to read in the scripture. I'm going to be speaking to you in that communal aspect, and I, my prayer is that God would speak to each one of your hearts and your minds. But for me, um, God's voice in my story, I was born in Portland, Oregon, and then my parents decided to move to Clearwater, Florida. From Clearwater, Florida, they moved to Europe. I actually celebrated my first birthday. Uh, my parents were smuggling Bibles into Eastern Europe during uh, the communist era behind um, the iron, iron Wall, so take note of that. We don't want those things. Uh, so smuggling Bibles into the, those places and uh, then they decided to move to Europe, and they were teaching, and then we moved all over uh, New Jersey and Pennsylvania, and then landed back 
in Florida, in the state of Florida, in Sarasota, graduated high school, and grew up kind of in that whole system of belief, of Christianity. My grandfather was a pastor. My dad was a pastor. And um, at the time in high school, uh, my family life crumbled, and I found myself wanting nothing to do with this system of belief. And so I decided that I was going to be an, um, an aerospace engineer. I went to Embry-Riddle in Daytona Beach, and um, halfway through my freshman year, uh, it was uh, you know, this time of conflict, a time of a lot of things of brokenness with my parents, with my past, all these things uh, just coming to, to surface, coming to light. And I was not in, you know, in a place of health. There was, there was drug abuse happening. There was all kinds of situations going on. And so I decided, you know, it's, it's 1999, and I'm going to party like it's 1999. Thank you. We miss you, Prince. Um, <laughs> And so I went out to Colorado, and I was out there with friends, partying and doing all that stuff. And, you know, about halfway through the trip, I was outside one evening, and I decided, okay, I'm not going to do drugs tonight. I'm going to go outside, and I'm just going to stand. And God spoke to me. God spoke to me, and he said, Chris, you are, you are the, the way in which you are living is in opposition to my heart, to who I am. And you can continue doing this. You can continue living in this way. But know that the more you live this way, the greater distance there will be between me and you. Not that God was creating that distance, but that I was creating that distance. So the Lord spoke that to me, and it broke my heart. And actually, I had this moment where I felt fear like I had never felt before. And a lot of times, man, distance from God brings fear, anxiety, right? You know what that anxiety, that chest that tightening, that sense of like, man, I feel lost. So God had spoke that to me, and then I came home on January 4th. I knelt. My, my mom was single at this time, and four, four kids, little two-bedroom apartment um, in a rough neighborhood, and I knelt by the couch. Nobody was at home, and I said, Lord, I don't really get this thing. I've been a part of this system of beliefs for a really long time, but I also recognize like, the, the things that I'm doing are broken, are hurting, it's hurting me, it's hurting other people. And so I surrendered my life to that voice speaking to me, and I said, God, not my will, but your will be done. So there's a, there was a sense of willingness to surrender to him. And I was really honest, I was like, God, I don't get this thing, my dad has tainted, my dad has you know, ruined some of this for me, I don't get it, I don't understand, but I'm willing to walk with you to let you speak to me. And so I want to share with you about the power of that voice speaking to you today. And we've heard that a picture is worth, you know, like a thousand words. And that's amazing. It's a great, that's a great thought. However, I also believe that a word is worth a thousand pictures. And so I want to show you some words this morning. I just want you to pause and reflect as we put these words on the screen. I want you to think about what, what comes to mind? Because each one of these words brings things to your heart, your mind. There's an abundance of images, ideas, emotions, feelings, memories. They can all come from the seed of one word. I believe a word is worth a thousand pictures. And God wants to speak to us, his voice speak to us from his word. We're going to be using specific words from his word 
to speak to us today. So I want to put these words up, and we're just going to pause in this moment. And what we're doing today is as we move through the scripture, we're going to let God speak to us from his word. I'm not going to put up a ton of scripture references, but each time we put up one of these words, I want to invite you today to hear from him. Let his voice speak to you. I want it to be more than just what I'm saying. I think God has an abundance of heart for every single one of us. And I may be sharing a little bit of that abundance, but his abundant heart is so much greater for every single one of us. So that first word that I want you to pause and reflect and say, God, would you speak to me concerning the word tree today? We're just gonna take 10 seconds to pause and reflect. So maybe in your moment of reflection of tree, you hear God saying something like he did to me about planted pursuit, that you're called to be both planted and to pursue him. Maybe for you it's a memory of carving some initials and there may be a broken relationship or a relationship that you were so excited about at a younger age and now you have struggled and there's been hurt, but God wants to speak to all of those things. The next word that we want to show, and we're going to take 10 seconds and let God speak to us, is the word Orlando, your city. Let's do that. I believe that God has fresh things to say to each and every one of you concerning this city. God does not forsake the places where people are gathered. And as you are gathered here, he sees you, and this is a place that he sees as wonderful and beautiful. The next place, that, or the next word that I want to put up on there for us to pause and reflect is the word church. Let's take 10 seconds to reflect on that. Hear God speak to your heart and your mind. You may have hardened your heart and your mind concerning what the church should look like and be. I I went through that process, but thankfully the voice of the Lord was able to break into those hard places and renovate what church should be, what church is according to the Lord. Finally, the last word, it's a huge, massive word, and it's going to be lots of thoughts, but I just want to take, you know, 10 seconds, such a tiny seed, but maybe the Lord wants to speak to you this morning concerning the word love. Let's take 10 seconds to reflect. I'm gonna pray with you this morning. Father, as we have paused and reflected on these words, we invite you to speak to us continuously through and by your spirit, in community, both present and past and future, by your scripture, and also by the created things that surround us, the beautiful things. Thank you, God, for your heart, for this community, for these people, for this this place. You know us, you see us, you are with us. Speak to us. In your name we pray, amen. So our pursuit of the beloved means understanding that the same voice that has shaped the cosmos is pursuing us. And we want to recognize, we want to invite his voice 
into our lives to, to grow in meaning and in depth and power. And so this morning, we are going to be talking about what does it look like to learn to recognize God's voice? That's essential to engaging our identity and purpose. Now in John 10, and I'm gonna start in verse one, I wanna read to you, and you could sit and close your eyes and reflect as Jesus speaks to us out of the past to this current moment. John 10, verse one says, truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters the door by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. The word of the Lord. I love the characters in this narrative. It's great. We have a thief and a robber. We have shepherd of the sheep. We have a gatekeeper. We have a stranger. We have sheep. To me, it kind of sounds like stranger things. It's wonderful. I'm like, the gatekeeper, thank you so much. Uh, But what I want to highlight first and foremost is there's this really beautiful paradox that's happening that we oftentimes overlook, and that's the paradox of the individual and the collective. The word sheep means both singular and plural. And so I want to say to you this morning that the voice calling to you is also the voice calling to us. That as God is speaking to you on an individual basis, recognize, I want you to grow in your attitude concerning what is happening right now. The mystery and the wonder of what's taking place in this room. That God's desire is not just to speak to you, but to speak to every single one of us together as sheep. And so, uh, you know, we recognize here's this voice speaking. Jesus is saying, you need to be able to identify. You need to know that my voice is different from these other voices. And voice is so important. I talk to my daughter. I like to preach to my wife and my daughter as I'm getting ready. And that's really fun because my daughter is eight years old. And I'm trying to talk about, you know, these scriptural things that make sense to an eight-year-old. Because I figure, like, if an eight-year-old can understand it, then hopefully you can understand understand it too. And if you can't understand it, that's on me. That's my fault. But here's my daughter, and we were talking. I was like, Ellie, can you remember a time when I was calling to you and my voice meant something to you? And she said, yeah, absolutely. She didn't say, yeah, absolutely. She doesn't talk like that. Uh, She was like, daddy, yes. Uh, You know, I was here, uh, you know, we were at church and, you know, pastors do the church thing a lot. It's great. And, um, I was running around, and I was little, and I couldn't see over the chairs, and I got lost, and then I heard your voice, and it brought comfort. I am vast, I'm paraphrasing, uh, you know, in eight-year-old Ellie words, it's totally different than what I said, but you get the idea. And so... My voice in that moment brought comfort. She knew where she was. It brought a sense of safety and security to her because she recognized my voice and was able to locate herself and me in that moment based not on what she could see, but on what, we could, on what she could hear. 
So voice is this powerful thing, and we use voice all the time. We use voice in you know, these, these giant concepts of sonar and radar to locate, and that's really awesome you know, with nuclear submarines, and we're bouncing things off of other things, and those waves of sound are coming back, and we're able to locate. And in a really practical way, we do this as well as friends. You know, here in Florida, everyone has or should have a pool. Thank you. And... Um, we play this game. I don't know why or who started this, but we play this game, Marco Polo. And Marco Polo is like one person with their eyes shut and they're calling out a name and then the other people are like moving around. It's like hide and go seek with the danger of drowning added to it. It's brilliant. I'm sure Marco Polo is like, yes, please play this game in my honor. I was an explorer. Uh, that's what I want you to do. So you're in the water and you are calling out this name Marco and then someone else an answers Polo and the, the point of the game is to locate that other person, tag that person, and then you don't have to fear for drowning anymore. But we're talking about is voice, locating ourselves, recognizing who we are, where we are, what our purpose, what are we doing based on this sound that's being transmitted back and forth. And we recognize that our ability to hear his voice, to hear the voice of God, is essential to our relationship with him being established. Jesus is saying, I'm calling to you. I want to locate you. I want to know where you are. And if you are in relationship with me, you're going to be able to hear my voice voice. We see Jesus here. He's calling by name. He says, I am the shepherd and I call my sheep by name. What does that speak to us? That concerns being the beloved, that Jesus today is speaking to you, to us, and he's calling to us and he's identifying us. He's saying, you are beloved. Do you hear my voice? And does it help you locate where you're at? But Jesus doesn't just leave it at that, at calling us by name and talking about our identity. He goes on to say, I'm also there to lead you out, to bring you out. There's movement there, and God's voice speaking to us, identifying us, is not just to locate us, but also to move us forward according to what he is saying. It speaks of purpose. And so we recognize Jesus' voice is establishing both our identity and our purpose. What we need to do is listen to the voice of the Lord, both calling us by name and leading us out into purpose. That's what Jesus wants to speak to you today. And so we entrust that guidance, right? We play Marco Polo. I don't want to play Marco Polo with my enemies. I'm not interested in playing that game where I'm blindly following somebody's voice. I don't want some stranger calling out my daughter's name and her running to them. We entrust our guidance to, know, to, those, of, uh, to those that know us intimately. And Jesus does this beautiful thing where he's talking about other characters in the story as well. Are we listening to other voices? Some of those other characters are the robber and the thief, which speaks of those just coming in to consume, there's silence. There's people in our lives that aren't saying anything. They just take from us. We need to be careful of those people. There's a stranger, this strange voice. How do we know that that strange voice uh, is, is not someone to be trusted? Because it's not the voice of the one that we've spent time with engaged in relationship. 
So if we're engaged in relationship with Jesus and we know his voice, then we are going to be able to distinguish his voice from the strange voice. But if we haven't spent any time with him engaged in relationship, then it's just another voice. So I challenge you today, you must spend time with him to know his voice so that you are not led astray by the stranger. As we move through John 10, we recognize, okay, God, I get it. Like your voice, you're leading me, you're guiding me, you're speaking my name. And what we want to realize, what we want to understand, we want to understand through the words the Lord is speaking to us, that he's calling us not just to blindly follow, not just to, you know, okay, like I just do whatever you say, God. You know, no, we have a free will. And in the gift of that free will, he is calling us to discover essential attributes of his heart towards us, to us. As he's speaking to us, he is not just speaking, you know, robotic instructions. He is calling us. He's saying, learn my heart. Learn who I am. And so we're going to work through some of these verses to help us understand some of the attributes in John 10, the attributes of God's heart towards us. Once again, we're going to put up these words. I'm not going to show you the verses. And even as I'm speaking to you, and we're going to move through these things quick, but I want to invite you to pause and reflect. Let God speak to you. Let his voice speak to you concerning each one of these words above and beyond even what I'm saying to you this morning. So what attributes of the heart of God do we hear communicated to us with the word, the door. In verse seven through nine in John 10, Jesus again said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. So what attributes of the heart of God does the door communicate to you today? That word, speaking, a thousand images and feelings and emotions and truths. How is his voice speaking to us from this word? Well, for me, there's two major things that are happening here. The first one is a door is a tight place. Can you imagine being in this herd of sheep and you're like roaming around, doing your own thing, and then all of a sudden the shepherd is saying, no, you're gonna come through this narrow opening. That's challenging. That's challenging to us because we like to roam. We like to do our own thing. We're in a culture that highlights individuality. We're in a culture that says, yeah, it's up to you. You do what you want to do. And here's Jesus saying, no, I am bringing the whole herd, everybody that's following me together through this entrance. So that's challenging to me because I recognize in following Jesus and listening to the voice, it means a surrender of comfort at times. It means I'm being invited into tight places. It means, you know, Proverbs speaks of iron sharpening iron and friendship, uh, you know, being this place where someone is going to speak something to me that I may not initially like. Ryan does this to me all the time. This whole church did this to me this week. Honestly, I, you know, I was preparing, I had my notes, and I speak every single week, and I, Ryan's like, okay, we're going to need to see your notes. So I talked to Ryan about my notes, then I sent the notes, then they edited the notes, then I went through the notes again with Ryan, and then I went through them again yesterday by myself. And I was like, man, this is so challenging, but I want to honor this community because this is where God is leading me. And so that door speaks of, am I willing to be challenged in community? But there's also comfort there. 
Because a door speaks of coming into an intimate place. We're gathered together in this room. We're gathered together in this place, and beautiful things are happening when we are brought together. Communion. When we are in communion, when we are in community together, that togetherness enables things to happen beyond our comprehension, beyond what we could do as individuals. So that's an attribute of God's heart spoken through the door. The other thing that I love about this verse, that I love about what Jesus is saying here concerning the door, there's this in and out feature that's being highlighted. And our heart functions in this way, where blood flows in and out. And I want to say to you today, City Beautiful, that you are called to move both into this place and back out into Orlando City. You're called to move in and gather together and then go back out. And some of you are really comfortable in this place. And that's beautiful. And God wants you to grow and develop here. And some of you are more comfortable out in Orlando and you kind of, you know, you make this church thing happen because you're like, man, I know I should do that. I know I should participate. But God is saying to you today, it's both. There is an in and out movement where God is speaking and leading you. God leads you into this place and then God leads you out into Orlando. And that movement is like your heartbeat. That is the heart of God for us to follow him both into City Beautiful and then back out into Orlando. The next thing that I want to highlight, the next verse concerning the attributes of the heart of God is abundant life. Verse 10 says, the thief comes to steal, kill, destroy. And Jesus says, I come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. So what attributes of the heart of God does abundant life communicate to us? I love God's language. His voice always speaks abundance. And it's not like this weird, quasi-spiritual, old Pentecostal thing, like, I just need to have faith and I'll get a BMW. Like, maybe you drive a BMW. I'm not knocking that. But this weird, like, money thing that's so much of the church. No, when we talk about the abundance of heart, when we talk about our Father's heart, it's always the language of more than we can expect, more healing, more love, more grace, more mercy, more kindness, more patience. I love when Jesus is moving with his disciples. It's always more provision, not just for myself, but more provision to be shared. And we think about Jesus with his 12 disciples, and he's saying, you feed them. And so from that place, his abundance, his heart is moved with compassion for others. And because his heart is moved, he is providing abundantly for the people that he is in relationship and community with. So his voice is always speaking concerning abundant life. And part of our problem as a church is we just don't believe that. I want you to believe that today, that God's voice speaking to you is a voice of abundant life. Another good word, another word from John 10, it's the word good shepherd. Those two words, verse 11 through 15, it says, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand, cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. So what attributes of the heart of God, does good shepherd communicate to you? What do you hear the voice of God saying to you? I love this. They're just the word good. 
A lot of times we think of God as somebody who's mysterious or awesome, but is that word good a part of your vocabulary in describing the attributes of the heart of God? Another great word in there describing good shepherd that stands out to me is the word known. That we are known by him, that you are known, that you are seen, that you are heard. I told uh, Ryan my little, you know, my pun title for this message is heard, heard. Anyways, um, that word known, you are known by him. You are known today in spite of any of your circumstances, your situation, God knows you. And that does not shake his desire for you, his desire to speak to you and reveal his heart to you. I love that he talks about his relationship with the Father, demonstrating relationship. I don't know if you understand, but we think, oh, you know, like we're the ones that define relationship. But relationship and community, it was God's idea first. Because before mankind was in existence, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit were in perfect relationship together. And there's this invitation here to say, I'm bringing you back into that relationship. We are the ones that went astray. And here's the voice saying, I welcome you home. I want to welcome you back into perfect relationship, the type of relationship that I have with my father. And then he talks about not being hired. There's There's a sense of commitment, longevity, Even in the face of challenge, the voice of God does not give up in spite of our situations. The final word that we're going to look at today from John 10 is the word other. In verse 16, it says, I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. And what attributes of the heart of God does other communicate to you? I want to remind you of the paradox. Sheep is individual and collective. And it's not just singular, plural, but it's also exponential, that we are a part of many tribes. You are not alone, City Beautiful. There are other churches. There are other gatherings of the people of God that he is speaking to you. And I want to encourage you to be open to be brought together with some of those other flocks. Do not isolate yourselves. Get connected in the body of Christ. And I recognize, even today, me standing here is a witness, is a testimony that this is your heart as well, to be one among many, among many flocks. I want to share with you today finally from John 10, that we are called to remember to return to the places where we've heard the Father's voice speak, beloved, and the abundance of his heart to us. John 10, Jesus, having had this discussion, he's speaking to his disciples and other religious people. He's, he, he demonstrates this in John 10, 40. He says, he went away again across the Jordan to the place where John had been baptized at first, and there he remained. And many came to him, and they said, John did no sign, but everything that John said about this man was true, and many believed in him there. Jesus wants to invite us to bring us back to the place where we are called beloved. I know you're in this series. 
And there is a desire. He's demonstrating his desire to be known and hear the voice. He is, he is like, man, I've walked through all this stuff. I need to go back to the place where God spoke beloved to me. A lot of times when we think about pursuit and in search and we're walking through all these attributes and you're moving through the book of John, we forget that God calls us to go back, to remember. And so here's my comfort from the Lord for you today, from Isaiah 31 too, that God wants you to know his heart, that he does not go back on what he says. That Jesus, speaking all these things, and he's talking to people, their hearts, their attitudes towards us, towards people, it's hardened. And Jesus is in conflict. Jesus is wrestling with them. He's sharing his heart. And then he goes back to the place where his father spoke, you are my son. You are beloved. In you, I am well pleased, highly favored speaks to that abundance of the Father's heart towards us. And so I want to remind you today that he sees you, he knows you, he loves you with abundance of heart like no other. And I know we've heard that before, but just like Jesus, we move through life, we move through situations, we move through conversations, we move through relationships, we engage in all these things, and we grow weak, we grow weary, we begin to forget. And it's so important for us to go back. And I want to comfort you today and remind you to hear his voice manifest the abundance of his heart in your life. That you would remember today, what is it that you said to me at the beginning? Do I remember that time when I heard God speak beloved to me? Can I return to that place in confidence knowing that the same voice of the Father that spoke to me then is still speaking to me today. But here's my challenge from the Lord for you today, that you have also been given a voice, that the same spirit, that same breath, that same voice that was given to us, that was given to Jesus, lives inside of us, that we recognize, man, death and life are in the power of our tongues, what we say, and so that there are those in need. There are those both within and without. There, there are people right now. There, there are those of us right here in this space within City Beautiful and also those of us within the greater community of Orlando that are in need of a voice sharing the abundance of the heart of the Lord with them to give them identity, to give them purpose. And I want to encourage you today to be the voice that others need to hear, both here in this church, City Beautiful, knowing that God has led you into this place, knowing that God has led you here this morning, not just to hear from him, but also to be that voice, sharing the abundance of heart with others. And God has also given you a voice to share with Orlando, with the community that you have been called to, that God is also leading you out, Jesus, by his voice, is leading you out into this community and saying, I want you to share my heart with this community as well. So today, let your voice manifest the abundance of his heart in the lives of others.